Well, welcome everyone to this first Wisdom and Spirituality Forum from Human Wisdom. We are joined by a wonderful group of people from around the world, from the United States, Scotland, England, India. So in this session, we're going to explore what role wisdom can have in helping us all live with compassion. Uh, Robin, I'm going to hand over to you and you can explain what was behind this forum that we that you were so keen on setting up and what the other religions of the world have to say about compassion. All right, thank you, Manuj. Uh, my name is Robin L. Johnson and I'm a spiritual life coach and um, working with the ETA to Oneness Institute. I'm in Philadelphia, which is about 90 miles south of New York City. For me personally, I have studied all of the religions of the world for like 20 years, and I've traveled to more than 40 countries where these religious traditions are practiced. And so for me personally, I'm always interested in how do we live this stuff? So when we were talking about the Human Wisdom app, which is a great life coaching app, and it covers so many areas, one of the things I said is let us start by talking to everybody about compassion. This was actually before the war started between uh, Ukraine and Russia. So I prepared a short video that I'm gonna share with you now on what is compassion and is interesting we started with, and I started with the definition. So here is what Merriam-Webster says, and it's the sympathetic consciousness of others distress together with a desire to alleviate it. So not only do you feel something, but you also have an impulse to, to wanna help. I started first with Buddhism because the Dalai Lama almost speaks to that definition. When he says genuine compassion must have both wisdom and loving kindness. That is to say, one must understand the nature of the suffering from which we wish to free others, that's the wisdom, and one must experience deep intimacy and empathy with other sentient beings, and that's the loving kindness. In Islam, the Quran often references four key words, compassion, benevolence, justice, and wisdom. In the first chapter of the Quran, the concept of sustenance of the whole world itself is based on Allah's mercy and compassion for everything he has created. Hinduism. So in Hinduism, it advocates compassion for all as part of its universal message that all life forms are part of one large universal family. It becomes necessary that we see Lord Shiva's universal presence and extend the same feelings of love and devotion which we feel for him to all. So in Judaism, in the book entitled Compassion for Humanity in the Jewish Tradition by David Sears, the concepts that he amplifies are the Jewish mandates to be a light unto the nations, and to work for tikkun olam, it's the healing and repair and perfecting of the world. The mitzvah to pursue justice, righteousness, and to emulate God and his attribute of compassion. In Christianity, in the New Testament of the Holy Bible, 
It's full of quotes that inspired the followers of Jesus to practice compassion. Here is one example. And be ye kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And then I'll end with Taoism out of China. Lei Zhu states then that the I Ching, simplicity, patience, compassion. These three are your greatest treasures. Simple in actions and thoughts, you return to the source of being. Patient with friends and enemies, you accord with the way things are. Compassionate towards yourself, you reconcile all beings in the world. Coexist. That's what it's really all about now. It's about all of us coexisting and compassion is one way we can use to demonstrate that we can coexist. I think this topic of compassion is timely because for me personally, I've been struggling with, I'll call it my selective compassion. I can be compassionate, but then I'm always deciding whether a person or a group is worthy of my compassion. In the traditions of the world, there is no selective compassion. We're to bring it to everyone at all times. And the question here is, what gets in the way? Yes. What gets in the way of us learning to live this stuff? So Manuj, I will turn it back over to you. Thank you, Robin. So the reason we all thought that wisdom and spirituality have a great uh, amount to teach each other, and by the way, this wisdom comes from a deeper self-understanding, not from a book, and certainly not from me or Robin or Prashant, is that our spiritual traditions give us the intention to be more compassionate. But what wisdom can do is help you understand what gets in the way in your own thinking. So the more you understand yourself, you can understand what gets in the way of living with compassion. So it's no longer in the New Testament or the Bhagavad Gita or the Quran, it's in your life. Okay, so I'm gonna take, uh, organize some breakout rooms now with three people in a breakout room. We have 18, so groups of three. And the question for you to explore is what gets in the way of compassion? So yeah, what, what gets in the way of compassion? Um, it, uh, during the week in, in another space, Manoj, we were talking about um, identity. Um, yes. You'll know, be so much uh, a, 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 an issue. Yep. Um, I was. <laughs> I'll, I'll say here in the breakout room. I, I was aware that you know on, on a few occasions you, you've introduced me as as a as a priest in Scotland, and there's a bit of me thinks no. In the Church of Scotland, we talk about ministers, not priests. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> but that's. But that's. But that then goes back to you know identity, and I remember that the, the first time we we we, we connected, um, you 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 had asked me tell me a bit about yourself and mm. and i was so aware that you know i i started by saying you know i'm i'm a minister in the church of scotland and in the west highlands and you know that 
the first thing we say about ourselves is is about using labels which, mm. which immediately cut us off from or potentially cut us off from huge sections of of humanity yes yes hello vanessa yeah you can get on you can put you in a small group yes we're just in this breakout vanessa you've come late to the party but we're exploring what gets in the way of compassion john d what do you think well I've had a, a time to think about this, and my laundry list, if you will, is our conditioning, which causes a conditioned sort of judgment, fear, um, if, some kind of evaluation that is probably subconscious about what it's going to cost us or the risk that might be involved, and a sense of loss of control or ability to fix or to navigate. So that's a huge list, but those are yes. the things that came to me. Yes. And the interesting thing about both your lists, Donald and John D, is that many of those things we're not aware of. Right? We're not aware of our identity and the our conditioning or our fear and what gets in the way. And as Robin said, it's easy to have a sense of compassion for the things you identify with as yours. Mm -hmm. That becomes yes. your circle, does it? Sure. As, and as all the religions said, as Robin said, it's about how do we extend that compassion outside that circle to other living beings? Do you have a, a view on that, Vanessa? What gets in the way of living with compassion? Well, I think <clears throat> I think one um, thing that gets in the way of living uh, with compassion is just our own. This was mentioned earlier: is our own fear. Hmm. You know, a fear of uh, fear of the other, hmm. fear of what we will lose if we enter. Um, more deeply into relationship with others, mm. you know, there's a sense of your own, um, of what you're going to lose, but not what you would gain. Mm. I, uh, one of the things I, uh, like, it's almost like a mant mantra that I say is what you focus on is what you give power to. Mm. So if you focus on your fear, if you focus on the lack, you give power to that. And that stand, and that is a block to your entering into a more deeper relationship with others and also to understand uh, the pain others are going through. You may be more focused on your own pain and not be open to that you're not alone, that others are also experiencing yes. pain yes. and loss. So. Yes. I think that's a really good point, that if you're suffering yourself, mm -hmm. That's what your mind is focused on, right? Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, then it's really hard for us to um, have a sense of compassion for anyone because... Yeah, I, 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 I share what, what you've said about, you know, the, the Ukraine situation. Um, you'll get gets to me and, and to others 
perhaps slightly selfishly because it it potentially has an impact on 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 my life that of the other conflicts a lot of them uh, civil war a lot you know clearly contained within two nations um, but but here is something that that could affect Europe the world that there has been talk of of world war 3 so you know it it, it maybe I, I feel it more because it potentially affects me um, and, and that's actually quite a quite a selfish thought in a way <laughs> yes but we have to accept that don't we uh, Donald, in the sense that we have to accept that, begin where we are, to examine where we are, and accept that, ah, oh, my compassion is linked to my identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mm-hmm. don't That's even think about the war in Yemen or Ethiopia. Or, and I think just becoming aware of that and sitting with that not regarding it as good or bad, but just seeing this is how the human mind is wired and asking why. That's what opens the door perhaps to a deeper learning Mm -hmm. uh, in ourselves. And to realize then that maybe we're all the same human being, aren't we? Deep down. Okay, welcome back everyone. And I hope you've had a really interesting and good discussion. So, the, the, we're going to open the question discussion now for another 15 minutes or so as to what gets in the way of compassion because we all want to live with compassion or at least a lot of us do but something gets in the way which is why the world is the way it is uh, Prashant you've been a founder member of this forum from the beginning do you so have some thoughts on that to share yes so, and, and this is something I was discussing with Anne and Tracy as well, and Kenesha was also there, joined us in that group. Uh, the strong sense of I that we carry, right? And we may just be calling it identity or ego or maybe some other name. But if you look at it, once we are identified with that I, we spend a lot of time building, maintaining, and sustaining it. And the problem is that we actually get away from ourselves and that focus too much on that identity. Mm. And if I'm just focusing on that identity, it's very difficult for me to look beyond it. Mm. Look beyond for other people or look beyond for myself. So what I'm doing in the process, I'm actually getting away with my, from myself, my own wisdom, if you have to say that. So the example that uh, Robin shared, right, the beautifully she shared, that she does not feel passionate or compassionate about people in Russia or the Russians. Right. And that's sometimes happens because I have that identity with myself. Right. And it may not be fitting into that identity that I can be compassionate about some other people as well at the same time. And as we were talking, compassion could be just like the sunlight. Right. Whoever goes in through sunlight will get sunlight. Right. So there's no differentiation that who would get it and who would not get it. So that is one thing that we were discussing. Apart from that, a very good point brought up by Anne also, that sometimes we want to help, we want to go go out, but at times we start to feel that we do not have enough resources. But if I am the only person, how can I help people? But there are probably ways. So we sometimes may be feeling helpless, that we may not be in a position to help others. 
So Adrian, Shirley, and I, we, we definitely agree with many of the points that were brought out already. Preoccupation with self, the me approach um, is definitely a barrier for compassion. Um, we talked about passion is something that has to be fought for. It's something you have to go after. You, you, you see something and you have to act upon it. Uh, some people have compassionate hearts, but they don't take it to the next level in terms of action. And then sometimes people see passion as calculating the risk. Do I want to get involved? Do I do I do I want to, you know, impart myself on someone else's issues and and, um, you know, do I want to get involved? And so they they decide not to do it because they don't want to take the, the risk. Um, and then also media um, outlook uh, and programming of, you know. Different inputs and outputs of uh, how media coverage uh, is covered uh, can uh, deter one's compassion as well. Donald, I wanted to explore a different question with you, which is self-compassion. You're a minister now in the Church of Scotland, and you must come across a lot of people who are critical of themselves, don't like themselves, feel guilty, all of that. What gets in the way of self-compassion? What's behind the lack of it? Yeah, I'm, I'm often struck by the, the words of Jesus who, who said, you know, love God, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Mm -hmm. And one of the fundamental uh, problems, uh, blocks to, to compassion is that there isn't that um, self-love, self, you know, it on, on the one hand, we speak a lot about you know, identity being a block, but mm. for many people, they, they don't have that self-worth. Um, mm. And if it's not there in, in self, then you know, how, how can it be extended to, to others? Mm. Um, and, and, and maybe one of the ways that we unblock that is for um, you know, everyone else to be compassionate and allow people to to to, to feel and and to hear that that they are loved that they are appreciated by by others um i, I read something recently um i can't now remember the, the name of the effect that that was referred to but it was the idea that that we are all actually liked and appreciated by others far more than we think but it brings, back, brings us back to this core way the mind functions, is that all of us are looking for validation from the outside in some way. I'm a good speaker or whatever I might be doing, I'm looking for validation on the outside, from the outside. And that often is such a big cause of our own unhappiness. But the other thing the mind is doing is comparing itself with others all the time, unconsciously. And so one feels less than, and so that whole cycle of lack of self-compassion begins. Dominic, do you have any thoughts on this? Because you've been a head of a, a Catholic primary school for 12 years, and you're interested in this subject. Um, very much so, actually. Um, in our group, we also spoke about... Um, self-compassion um and what we talked about was um was about a perspective um so we all have our own perspective and it's kind of based in this idea that it's an inside out job not an outside in so 
our our minds are like projectors, not cameras. So we project our own reality into the world. Mm. And I think it's if if um, if we understand that everyone has their perspective, but actually the self-compassion comes with accepting that we've got our own perspective and we're attached to that, to mm. our opinions, our views, because of the conditioning and, and experiences that we've had in the past. And I think once we understand that, um, we can bring in that self-compassion that we understand, all right, we're just being human to start with. It's just the way we are. Um, that we all have our own perspective, we are attached to it. But once we understand that everyone else has theirs, it's easier to step into their shoes from a compassionate point of view and think, well, okay, so if I'm seeing, I, I use, I use sometimes I use a piece of card with blue on one side and yellow on the other, you know, and, and if I'm looking at the blue side and I can't see the yellow side of the card, what I need to do is at least understand that somebody else is looking at a different color from me. I might not know what that is, but at least I understand that they have that different perspective. And I think that helps us to have compassion for ourselves and for others. Yes. I'll share a story where this deeper understanding, as Dominic said, helps us with compassion. My apologies if some of you have heard this one before, but I was speaking to some teachers in a school in Newcastle. And at the end, a teacher came to me and she was crying. And I started to apologize, saying maybe I'd upset her. And she said, no, no, you said something which has helped me to forgive my parents. She said, I had a boyfriend who had a different skin color to me. And my parents wouldn't accept him. And for 20 years, there was heartache all around. But now I understand that their behavior came from their unconscious conditioning of past influences, which they were not aware of, which shaped their behavior. But I am the same, because my thoughts and actions come from my unconscious conditioning influences which I had not been aware of until you mentioned them today. <laughs> so this deeper understanding that we're the same human beings, as you said, uh, that's for me what really awakens compassion. Because when we meet people who are different, and as Pamela said, we see their faces as different. And so that difference is what it, it sometimes is a barrier to compassion. Is there any other thoughts on this? on this point. Um, Vanessa, did you raise your hand briefly? Being able to understand that we are all part of one global family. We all, that when one of us suffers, we all suffer. And if one of us is uplifted, we all share in the joy. Yes. So understanding that can help, can be um, a way of beginning the journey beyond ourselves into entering into um, that sense of connecting with the other. One of the things that we all need to begin with is to realize, begin with where we are and realize maybe we don't live with compassion or our compassion is linked to our own identity and our circle of identity. As yeah. John Lee was saying, it's difficult to feel compassion for people who are different to me. 
you know, I don't care. I don't, I don't think about the people who are suffering in Yemen or Ethiopia or, you know, in 41 other conflicts in the world. I think of Ukraine because I feel identified with them more than I do with any of the other conflicts in the world. Any other thoughts? Robin, do you want to add anything to that? One of the things that I brought up, which I think is important, and it's important for this, uh, those of us on a spiritual journey, sometimes I think there's a level of arrogance that comes with those on a spiritual journey in that if I am pursuing oneness or wholeness or happiness or unity, everybody should see it that way. So we talked about that in our session, this whole idea that those on a spiritual path have the way, have the right way, have the only way, and they can be the source of the inflexibility. And so that's kind of what we talked about and what I contributed to the group. And I told them, you know, what do you mean you don't want to be in unity and oneness and harmony? And then I'd have family members, mothers, sisters saying, nah, I don't want to do it like that. I'm just saying, this is what I'm going to do. And for me, not having any flexibility because I'm trying to be spiritual. And in trying to be so spiritual, sometimes we're not owning our human side. We're so busy trying to reach for, to stretch towards this ideal that we're not owning who we really are, what our prejudices are, what our limitations are, what our attachments to our own identity are. So I just yes. wanted to put that out. That was part of our discussion. Yes, that's really important, Robin, because if you look at all the conflicts between all the different religions in the world, which is so uh, such an irony, really, because they talk about compassion, but it's rooted in that one. It's, again, the unconscious pattern of thinking where I become attached to my own narrative, whatever it might be. Even my narrative around compassion divides me from another narrative around compassion, <laughs> you know. And uh, it is, uh, this is important to understand because I just, just wanted to bring up what um, uh, Robin was talking about. So as soon as we start to feel that we are different from other people, we may not be compassionate, right? Because then the separateness kind of thing starts to build up in our minds. And then we start to consider it. Either we consider ourselves better than others or bigger than others or lower than someone else, we may not be compassionate. Yes. So the equality has to be there when we talk about compassion. Because we are lonely, you see, inside. So being part of a group makes us feel secure. And then that can also become a source of one group versus the other and the lack of compassion in the world. Even inside any particular religion, there are so many denominations who are in you know, various points of friction with each other, one kind or the other. Shahida, welcome. You're back, in, back home. So I know you've been listening. Do you have yeah. something to add as to what do you think gets in the way of compassion? Yeah, that is what I tried to tell that um, I have witnessed when there's ethnic conflicts, even your neighbor or someone very close to you, very compassionate, when there's a group, uh, they have unconsciously supporting the group and doing the things they will never do when they're doing alone. So yes. that is what... So shall so we expand a bit? Can we say mm -hmm. that you're originally from Sri Lanka and Shahida has been witness to all the ethnic killing and cleansing that went on there between different religious groups 
and people who had lived together as neighbors and friends for decades, if not centuries, but because of their attachment to their own identities, turned on each other with such vicious violence. And we've seen that repeated across the world in different settings, haven't we? Whether it's India or Sri Lanka or wherever in the world, Yugoslavia and so on. Okay. What are you going to do differently? What have you learned? What have you been discussing in your different groups? Okay, Robin, go for it first. Okay, I'll start. So in my group with Pamela and um, and Reba, what we talked about was, for me, I said, one of the things I'm going to do differently is learn to listen. And there's something that's been floating around on the internet, on LinkedIn. There's a little saying that says, we don't listen to understand. We listen to reply. Thank you. Anyone else? Prashant, what are you going to do differently? Or what have you learned? Or what did you discuss in your group? Uh, another thing that Tracy brought up is kind of related to the acceptance of the self. right? So accepting the self. And sometimes we are not able to accept ourselves the way we are. And uh, that is another thing that, that we discussed. And we discussed a little bit on the awareness part of it. If we are aware of ourselves, then we are in a different light altogether. So most of the time we may be looking to be compassionate, but we are not aware of what is coming in the way of our compassion. Yes. Right? Or yes. Not even aware that we are not compassionate. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. That's, that's another thing. And we feel that we are treating others and ourselves very well, and we may not be doing it. Yes. The first step is to realize that we don't live with compassion. And maybe that then opens the door to asking why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to say that, um, like, yes. I don't have thoughts. I don't have a whole lot of thoughts. When I'm having communications with another person, I'm not thinking about what I'm getting ready to say to that person. Yes. I just listen. I just let it flow. That's the best way I can. Thank you. Donald, do you have a, what did you all discuss? Do you have something to share? In, in our group, uh, John Day and, and Vanessa and myself, we, we were all uh, just talking about continuing on that journey of, of self-reflection and, yeah. and encouraging others to, to, to be intentional about reflecting on life and, and, and thinking on, on all these things and how we how we can be more compassionate uh, to others. Yeah. We talked about the commitment to, um, to compassion, um, you know, and about how often do we do that? Mm. Um, and I suppose just, just my personal thought on that is, is about committing to um, a daily act of self-compassion in some form or other, um, mm. which may well be just simply something like acceptance. Mm. So just following up what Dominique said, uh, doing one thing each week for compassionate of self, but looking beyond yourself at least once to twice a week and seeing how you can be compassionate to others, make it purposeful, make it meaningful. And as uh, Ms. Shirley said in my previous chat, compassion is something that has to be fought for. So let's go out and find the fight so we can uh, take part of, in it. Uh, actively? Uh, we discussed in our group 
uh, one thing is conditioning. We need to work on our conditioning. So uh, it's very important to go inside and listen to us and talk to us and question ourselves. So, so many things can be, because uh, when kids, they don't know any other than compassion, they easily love each other. So these conditioning layers we have to uh, get out of. And another thing I personally do when someone do something wrong for me, uh, at night I sit and send so much love to them. So I can see them changing just by I change uh, about my perspective about them. Mm. I always see the change in them also. So, yes. yeah. And we always need to spread this uh, compassion or working with our inner self to the people around us as well. So like that, we can expand. Okay. I love what you said, is if we could all just leave with this question alive in our own thinking. Mm -hmm. What gets in the way of me living with compassion? Mm -hmm. The question itself opens the door to new ways of looking and thinking. Mm -hmm. And of course, we've what has come through from this discussion is we all accept the intention to live with compassion as a first step. But the second step is to explore are many unconscious patterns of thinking that get in the way of that. Mm -hmm. And the two together are required. I think the quote from Buddha, as you said, Robin, you know, we need wisdom <clears throat> and this loving kindness, which I love that right at the beginning. One last thing. I would like to have my mentor, Donna Lipman, who was my first trainer in terms of life coaching, say a few words about compassion and how she sees this. It's lovely to see all of you and um, compassion. Yeah, I, I think that it's it's so important to understand um, what it is that's going on in here inside um, that we might not know. We don't know what we don't know, right? So it's helpful to have other people to show us, to talk with us about it. But I think it's also very important to take action on it. You know, once you have a bit of an understanding um, of what's in here, then to take action on it and step mm -hmm. up to the plate, you know, and especially now, our every voice is important here, every single voice. So I have this friend and Robin, you may remember her, uh, her name is Cookie. Mm -hmm. And she's a black American that I meet with once a month. And I have for the last 10, 20 years, 20 years we've been meeting. And, you know, one of the things that she said is if, if you want to, um, you know, make a difference in whatever arena it is, go where the people are. <laughs> go where the people are that you want to make a difference with. And so I think that's so important to step into, um, you know, places that may be a little bit uncomfortable for us, that maybe we're not familiar with, and to move into action there. And, you know, not like, oh, well, I'm coming in and I'm going to save the day, but to understand, to understand and have compassion for you know the people that 
perhaps are doing life a little differently than you. Yes. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's what I'm doing these days is going where the people are. And I'm just having a, a, a blast getting <laughs> to know new people in my community, you know, that I have been, um, you know, keeping myself from. And I, mm. I say that I have been doing that. So now I get to choose differently. And a lot of it is choice, right? Thank you, Donna. I think that's so important to meet and go and step across that divide and shake hands with someone who's different mm -hmm. and find out and be curious, yes. you know, go with that sense of curiosity. Um, great. Prashant, do you have any closing points to, to make really? Yes. Just just uh, one point and going back to where we started from and what Robin talked about different religions and it's all mentioned in those mm -hmm. scriptures and everything, uh, but we are not compassionate. So I, I just remembered an analogy, right? So if I'm asking for the moon and Manoj points out to the moon and Robin also points out, but I may be just looking at their fingers, right? So that as long as I'm just trying to hold their fingers, I will not be looking at the moon. So finger is not the moon, right? Yes. So yes. It's just showing the direction. And is it possible that we can start moving towards the direction? Not just getting hold of the finger itself. Yes. So that's why. It's so interesting, as you said, Prashant, that all the spiritual traditions talk about compassion. And yet, we don't live with it because we haven't understood the drivers that stop, that get in the way. Yes. And, and I guess what we're doing with human wisdom is to help people go on a journey to understand all yes. of that. It is. And it, it's a journey that we take, right? Um, getting hold of the scriptures is very easy and, uh, mm. and talk about it that, yes, Bhagavad Gita says that you can be very compassionate and this is what compassion is and you can be compassionate. But in effect, what I'm trying to do is I'm just holding on to that piece of words or mm. piece of scriptures and I'm saying these are the words. Mm -hmm. yes. But these yes. words are not my experience. Mm -hmm. Yes. And with the information, I may still be feeling that I know what compassion is, but I am not experiencing it at all. And if I'm true to myself through, say, let's say, uh, wisdom, if I can be aware more, uh, having more wisdom, I can see myself not practicing it. And once I start practicing it or seeing it, at least, I have the possibility of moving towards that direction. Yes. It just really struck me that you can fool yourself into thinking that because you know the book, the book is you. Mm -hmm. That you've read the book about what water tastes like, so you know. <laughs> All right. That's a seminar by itself. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is, this is good because that, that's what happened, Manoj, right? And that's my personal experience of the things. When I quit my job in 2018, I started listening to a lot of audios and going through, I had actually gone through around 250 books in just in just a year, all about psychology and then spiritual stuff and whatever I can get hold of, right? From Ramakrishna to 
this and that, everything. After a year or so, as Robin pointed out, I started to feel that I'm different from other people. There's so much that I know. And uh, I was listening to one audio again. And in that audio, I realized that, no, this is not my experience. And that this was an example of same water only, saying that if you have tasted water, you know the taste of water just by talking about water and this composition H2O and all that kind of thing, you never experience it. And then I realized, okay, this is not my experience. So I said, okay, let me get rid of the books for a little while. Audio is also set aside. So that's why I'm excited about the Human Wisdom app because it keeps that focus on helping you deal with your emotions and your thought process that's keeping you locked into a limited way of being. Yes. We are so much more than we're allowing ourselves to be. There are so many things that get in the way of our inner wisdom. And I, I laughed when I did my definitions and I looked at all these other traditions for the Dalai Lama to talk about wisdom. Yes. <laughs> As one of the components, I said, oh, yes, this is yeah, we're cool. on the right track. This podcast comes to you from the Human Wisdom Project. To find out more about how to live with compassion, please visit our website, humanwisdom.me. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.